Good morning, good afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, either the live show or the recording, welcome to the Child Whisperer podcast. I'm your host, Carol Tuttle, author of the book, The Child Whisperer. And if you want to raise happy, successful, and cooperative children, you are in the right place. Thank you for joining me. The phone lines are open to take your live calls today, and I look forward to supporting you in your parenting goals. You can call 347-677-1963 and then press the number one, and I look forward to talking to you today. Um, Our topic today is why doesn't my adult child trust me? But before I get to that, I want to announce a giveaway. This week on the Child Whisperer blog, I will have Melissa Chappell in the studio. She's being featured in a blog post. She's also known as Raw Melissa. She is a type 1 energy. She has a lot of variety in her career. And she's um, published a cookbook that I absolutely love called Faves that I want to give to a parent in our child whispering community. So if you'll please email any questions for me about children or teens and food or eating, I'd love to get on that topic. It's such an important topic. You could also email me a success story of how the child whisperer has helped you with meal times um, or anything that's changed when it comes to food and your habits as a family and your children. And if I choose your question or story, you will win the cookbook. So stay tuned to the Carol blog and the Child Whisper blog for Raw Melissa's upcoming appearance. I had her on both my blogs. Uh, She'll be featured on the Child Whisper blog uh, in her role as a doula. And then true to her nature, in a different role on the Carol blog, she um, is being featured as more of a health and nutrition coach um, when it comes to women and women's cycles. And so I look forward to those upcoming posts. And in celebration of having her as my guest, I have um, this wonderful giveaway for uh, if your question or success story is chosen. So let's get to today's topic. And I invite your phone calls. If you want to talk to me, um, I want to make a kind of a heads up. I am live today. Next week, I will not be live. Um, I will be doing a recorded show with email questions only due to the fact that I'm traveling. I'm headed to Southern California uh, Wednesday, Wednesday through Monday. I have um, checking off one of my bucket list items was to qualify and advance to a national tennis tournament. And I will be participating in a national, what's called world team tennis down in Indian Wells. If any of you know about tennis, there's a tennis garden down there that hosts um, a big, big, big tournament with all the the big names in tennis come every March and we're being hosted for this national tournament and we had to qualify by winning other tournaments to get there. You don't just show up in a national tournament, you have to, you have to kind of, you got to win the other ones to be able to advance and I'm excited for any of you that know some of the greats in tennis, Billie Jean King will be there, our team will get a picture with her, so Today is the day to call in live um, because I will not be available for live calls next week. And I prefer that you do that towards the um, first part of the show and not leave your calls to the latter part. We're only here for 45 minutes and want to make sure I can give you the attention that your questions deserve. So 347-677-1963 is the number to call and then press 1. But on to today's topic, why doesn't my adult child trust me? 
Um, and I have a great success story to share as well today. Let's get into this question. I love this because one of the more common things I hear on a regular basis is from parents that have children that are older, whether they're adult children already or that they are um, even in their teens, even in grade school. I mean, parents have this opinion that uh, somehow your parenting efforts expire because one of the most common feedback phrases I hear is, well, I wish I'd had this sooner or it's too late. And I think it's never too late. If you, you've been hanging around me for a while, uh, you've heard me say many, many times, it's never too late to show up and be a great parent. And regardless if your children are into their 40s or 50s, they are still your child and they're still wanting their emotional needs supported and recognition of their true nature perceived and you showing up in full support and awareness of who your children are. So there is that does not exist in my world, the whole it's too late thing. So I love that we're on an um, adult child topic today, and this comes from a type 2 mom. She's a type 2 mom of a type 4 32-year-old son, okay? So he's well into his adult years, established adult. She says, my type 3 husband and I had had a meltdown with our son while visiting him for five days. He lives across the country from us. The meltdown consisted of him stating that he holds resentment towards us and always had difficulty with communication. We seem to push his buttons even though we feel like things are going well and we are having deep intellectual conversations. Specifically, it is me that he has a hard time with. He is acquiring his master's degree for contemplative counseling and psychology and is in his last year doing his internship. He's working as a counselor as well. He is a hard worker and very focused. After he told us that he resented us, he disconnected from us. Our letters and voicemails go unanswered and pile up. Finally, he left a brief message that he was okay and would call us, but he never did. I know he is extremely busy, but it hurts. His pattern is to push people away when he hits a tough spot. He knows we love him and support him emotionally, but the past two months, he is not communicating at all with us. Is this natural for a type 4 son, or is it because he is too busy? Or is it related to the meltdown? How do we reach him? We are giving him his space, but it still hurts. Our younger married type 2 son feels his brother needs to be mature and get over it. Um, you know, you're getting into this information, well, again, well past the point when it could have prevented some misperceptions and changed the way you parent your child. So most likely with the type 3 dad and a type two mom, you weren't cognizant and get you did not have the awareness in those developing years that who your son was, that he needs to be his own authority with partnership for mom and dad as the respected authority as parents. See, there's not like either or, it's a both and. And because you most likely weren't able to engage that, your son is saying to you that he holds resentments and so those resentments go back to his childhood. They're not about current events. They're about when he was small and when he was developing and even into his teen years. And so today's events trigger long-held resentments. And so if you think about the resentments in the now, you're not going to resolve it. Those res resentments go back to that little boy he was. And you need to see him as a little boy who's hurting. And a little boy who can't ask for what he wants because the adult self feels all the emotion, decides 
the way to protect the inner child is to just put up walls and say, I'm just not going to deal with you people because you don't trust, you don't respect me. Uh, you don't know how to respect me, nor, and I wouldn't suggest you do know how to respect him because you need to find out what does that look like to him. He needs to know you respect him. And it takes some time when a type four person has cut you off emotionally, they take some time to gain trust again. They're kind of test the waters. You're basically going to be put on probation for a period to see if you pass kind of the test. But if you'll keep in mind that it's, that when you see this as the adult self that's playing this game, you're missing where that hurt's coming from. The hurt's coming from the child, the child that you raised, that you didn't give him what he needed, no fault to you. You didn't know that, but now you do. So it requires a, quite a bit of patience and a, quite a bit of understanding of trying to, to develop trust now. There's no trust in this relationship. He doesn't trust you. So what would it look like to create trust? What would help build trust? What would both party, you know, you're all adults now, but you're still a parent dealing with a wounded inner child. And so if he can be, you know, in his counseling, I don't know what he's learning about those inner workings of where those wounds come from. I'm not familiar with the techniques um, taught currently in the psychology field and, you know, there is a, whether they're focusing on the current issue or where's this really, what are the roots of it? And yet with him being in that field, he's probably going to see himself as the authority of where the problem lies. And so um, what do you do? Let's see, you've tried, don't, if you, what it, whatever this is triggering in you, why is this unsettling to you? Why is it bringing up your insecurities? Why does it hurt so much? That's your stuff um, about rejection. That's an opportunity for you to heal that. Because as long as you need your child to be loving, kind, and open and accepting of you so you don't feel rejected, you're not able to kind of weather the storm and and maneuver, navigate yourself through this because you're needing him to be a certain way for you because your inner child is dealing with rejection now. So you got to heal that part. And as you do that, you'll have more of a presence to be able to say, I'm here for you. We love you. We want to work this out with you. What would that look like? Um, how can we establish trust that you trust us? I... You've got to get past your own hurt, though, because as long as you're running that energy, he's going to pick up on it and feel like, I've got to take care of you. And you don't want that from your children. You don't want them to have to take care of your emotional wounds. So you got to heal that and allow yourself to be the parent, the mom here, and be able to come forward at some point and say, "We, I recognize we've let you down. Um that you resent us, that's fair, you know, based on your experience and your perception, you have a right to feel resentment. Did you, how can we establish trust? And how can, you know, I want to learn about what do you resent? But as long as you have a hard time hearing it and it just adds to your emotional wounding, you can't invite that. And I strongly believe as the parents, 
it's our opportunity to heal our own emotional stuff so we can be present and be receptive to our children and be able to hear them and be able to even stay steady and stay balanced when they're talking about, you don't have to agree with him. You don't have to believe he's right, but based on his experience, based on how he perceives what happened in his world, it's correct for him. You're going to see it differently. But, and what's important is not necessarily who's right with the issue. It's the relate to establish trust in their relationship. You have an opportunity to understand his experience as he expresses it. So, um, and it may take some time, and that's okay. I have a great success story this week. Uh, this listener writes in, Hi, Carol. I'm a type 3 mom, and I have an 8-year-old daughter who had a dentist appointment this morning to get some cavities filled. She had a very difficult visit, even though she tried her best to be patient. When it was over, she was crying a bit and visibly upset. I decided to put my child whisperer skills to use. My daughter is a type 3 with a secondary 2, and I knew that it would be supportive for her to have something fun to do when she got home. I gave her a rubber band bracelet kit that she had been wanting. I also put a soft blanket in the dryer to warm it up and then put it on top of her to give her comfort. The, good, the mood lightened up immediately. She is one happy girl right now. Thank you, Carol, for giving me the tools I need to have a happier daughter and to know what her needs are, true to her own type. That's such a great story, and I want to point out that the kit, see, you gave her, just for our listeners, I know you knew what you were doing, a rubber band bracelet kit. That's a project. That's something she gets to work on, something she can get excited about. As a type 3, they're very hands-on. They like projects. And then you noticed in her secondary two energy with her um, additional sensitivity that I love that idea of warming the blanket up. That's so sweet. That's that added little detail. And you're a type three mom. Kudos to you because it's like you were inspired. And that's what I teach as a child whisperer in the moment as you understand your child's nature. The spirit will prompt you, inspire you, and guide you in supporting your children and that brings out, as trust is built and that rapport deepens, cooperation and happiness becomes the norm. And that's a great example in that story. So thank you. Again, the phone lines are open. Um, I know there's somebody listening that's wanting to have a question answered. Please join me today live at 6 and press the number one. It's always great to talk to the moms who call in. I know you add so much value to the show because so many moms that listen, we hit a record high this month. Well, it's hovering around the record high. I think we've gotten close, but we hit, um, I'll round it up. It was close to 27,000 listens on the podcast this month. It's growing. Thank you so much for sharing this fabulous resource. I occasionally meet moms that love the book that are not familiar with the blog, with the website, blog, and the podcast. So as you go to thechildwhisper.com, you can like the website, and in that you're sharing both the podcast and the blog, and more moms learn about this fabulous resource and tool 
to help create the truth of our children, who they truly are. But another question that came in from a type 4 mom, and she writes, my type 2 son is 19 years old. He has never seen the need for personal hygiene. Parents, teachers, school counselors when he was in high school and relatives have all tried to explain it to him. I didn't mind reminding him to take care of himself as a child as part of his training. However, as a young man, I don't feel that it is developmentally appropriate for mother of an adult son to remind him to shower and brush his teeth. I asked him for a solution to this problem. He suggested that he make a list to follow. So the list was made, but he forget he forgets to look at it. He admits that he just doesn't want to do it. It's difficult for me not to judge just this laziness. What is really going on here? Um, you have to understand that type twos have a passive aggressive nature. And so in their subtle energy, they have a sensitive, subtle energy. They're going to be passive aggressive and sort of getting back at you. So my sense here is that he's using this as a medium to get back at you. He knows it really bothers you. Obviously, you wouldn't have written in the question. And most likely, again, um, there's no judgment here. There's just opportunity to be aware of your own nature as a type 4 mom. You're going to lead with a very structured, this is what you do. This is how you do it. This is when you do it. This is why you do it. No questions asked. Just do it kind of approach to parenting, especially when they're little. Structure is your forte. You're very good at creating efficient systems that require your children to have the ability for exact and thorough follow-through. Now, my sense is this 19-year-old son is probably felt boxed in, contained, and overwhelmed by that parenting approach. And this is his way of getting back at you. He may not even be consciously aware of it. He may, he may not. But on some level, he's like, I'm not going to do what you want me to do anymore. And it's passive aggressive. So it's very sort of subtle and like, you know, well, I kind of forgot. Yeah, it's not a big deal to me. Um, he just has no interest in doing it because you want him to do it more than he does. So you've basically almost got to live through some crazy, give it back, stop talking about it. Energetically, when this comes up for you, go within yourself and say, why does this bother me so much? Um, why is it so irritable? I understand the functionality of it that you, you know, it's important to be to have hygiene skills, I believe he's capable of that. I mean, he's been raised in a modern era in a, a country where the shower's right around the corner from his bedroom. So what if um, you let it go? What if his friends started telling him? What if it showed up somewhere else? What if you asked your, I'm a real advocate of calling on spirit, call, um, praying to God and then calling on angels to say, kind of turn this over to and say, you know what, it's not going to work if I'm the one running the energy to try and create this change. I've got to let it go, give it back to him. Literally, your energy is running. You're the one wanting this to happen. You got to give it back to him. So he wants it to happen. And you've got to just like disconnect. You've got to pull your energy off him. It's every time you think of it, you get bugged by it, your energy hooks him. And he's going to subconsciously feel that. So you've got to unhook your energy, take it back, connect him with God and his angels and say, take it over. I don't know what needs to happen in this boy's life for him to learn a lesson. Maybe he meets a girl. Maybe somebody shows up in his peer group and goes, dude, you stink. 
you know, take a shower. And he's going to hear that one loud and clear. <laughs> so you want to, you know, let a power greater than yourself orchestrate this. To, and it may, again, take longer than you want. And it's going to push your buttons. So you've got to work on that side of it and trust that something's going to change here. And where else are you in, you know, man, trying to micromanage or manage him? Where else in your life is he still feeling mom has more control of my life than I do? You know, up until what point did you run that kind of parenting approach that now he's 19, so you're wanting him to be the adult, but how much space have you created in the years up to this to support him in being that adult without you kind of running the show? And that's just what type four moms do without knowing it because you're so good at running shows. You're so good at running households, you know, when, when you're really being true to yourself. So what needs to change here um, is totally giving him his adult life and praying and asking that something will influence his wanting to change this. But I believe it is passive aggressive in his way of subtly getting back at you for um, feeling a little too micromanaged through the years. So great question. I appreciate you sending that in. Again, the lines are open. Um, we're getting towards the, uh, we're about halfway through the show. I welcome your calls if you're wanting support from a live interaction. I appreciate all the email questions that come in as well. Um, a different topic. What age, uh, this is a general question, what age do you stop going by the Child Whisper book and just look at the It's Just My Nature book? Again, there's no either or here. There's not, the, use this over that. There's information from both that's useful. I don't think... They're designed to be, I mean, I've had many, many people um, comment and, and share with me. The Child Whisper is one of the more, most powerful healing resources in their own personal pursuit of living their own truth. Once they knew their energy type um, in pursuit of living true to that, they were able to read the Child Whisper and understand what happened, what kind of went awry in their childhood, how to claim themselves back from that Um story of their childhood. So again, there's not, there's not a specific to, uh, you should move from this to this, glean from both books. You know, I have three books that talk about energy profiling. They are the beauty profile book, discover your type of beauty, which is fashioned around the wounding of women when it comes to the fashion industry and our psychology, when it comes to body and appearance, there's a big message in that book that supports women understanding their type of beauty so that we can claim back our own truth and heal the wounding of the current fashion system of the day that leaves us feeling inadequate and that fault, the reason for the inadequacy when it comes to our beauty and appearance is our own fault. And it's just a system that left, left us wanting. The system was where the error is, not in our own personal self, because the system doesn't recognize the four types of beauty. So there's that book. It's Just My Nature is a book written for both men and women and talks about the four types. And what I include in that book that's unique is the reference to the nature world and more of the origin of the four types. So it's got a little more 
of the background and how our human nature is relatable to the nature kingdom. And then the child whisper, of course, goes into the four types of children and the how they develop through the years and how to support their true nature in those developmental phases. So let's go back to our questions. So that's, um, oh, I've got another one here. I skipped one. Thank you to my producer who just sent me a note. Thank you, Steph. I skipped that somehow. This is again about an adult child. This is from a type three mom with a type one 26 year old daughter. She has difficulty focusing on anything at all. And I have so far tried to be supportive of what she does with her time. Since graduating from high school, she has been in one religious program, church, internship, missionary travel after another. Now she is working at a coffee shop and has no desire to go to college and no prospects for a long-term relationship. It seems that she has no motivation to do anything more than work at a coffee shop, attend her church activities, and let me pay for her cell phone and car insurance. I also pay for whatever other monetary emergency she has. She repeatedly accuses me of manipulating her, and I realize that her movement is light and upward and random, and mine is a forward push. But truly, I just want the best for her, and I want to see her do something with her life. Okay, there's all kinds of opportunity for feedback here. First of all, I don't know, you know, if you're really irritated with her not supporting herself and moving forward in her life, I'd say, why are you paying her cell phone and car insurance and other monetary um, emergencies that she has, that you're supplementing her income? And at 26 years old, that's an opportunity for her to take full ownership of her monetary experience. That's uh, really important, especially as a type one, is they need to learn good, healthy skills with money. My daughter went through a phase where she, in college, she would come to us um, several times and say she got a certain amount of money through a trust fund that was gifted to my children that were enrolled full-time in college through their grandparents, and they were allotted that money and then given the opportunity to manage it. And there was more than once that she came before the semester ended, and she had to claim that she was out of money. She had not managed it well. And then rather than just shaming her, you know, we understood her type one nature was to not be as succinct with money or structured with it. Um, and we supported her in developing those skills. And now as a mom at 32 who manages a lot of their income and bills and that, she does a great job because she learned the skills to do it. And it was kind of a there were some rough spots in that, but she was given the proper support and our bigger picture understanding of, you know, it's okay. Yeah, you know, how you feeling? <laughs> She'd be really upset. She'd be in tears. And we're like, okay, well, let's recognize how this happened. What tendencies, behaviors created this that you need to now manage and be, be aware of that you're susceptible to so it doesn't go there. It's really important for I'm not, it is a tendency in the type one world because of their more random nature and their desire to have fun that money becomes a a tool, um, a resource for fun to happen. And they also like spending it on their friends. So great opportunity to give her that role, you know, to set it up. I mean, if you do it in a way that's kind of, all right, I'm done. Here's your, you know, that's, that's extreme. You got to, again, I realize what I'm doing isn't supportive of you. I want to make that change now. She may take it as, you know, she may 
when you show up in a child, adult child's life and set a healthy boundary and say, I, I want to, rather than support you financially, I want to support you in developing these skills. So I'm not going to monetize your life anymore. I'm not going to help finance your experience at 26, but I am here to help you learn the skills to be successful in your ability to do that. The other thing is I'm, I am guilty of having pushed too hard with a, my youngest son, who's a type one. I, I was so committed to helping him um, get his life going more than he was. And based on the, what I thought getting his life going looked like. And I pushed and I pushed his lightness away in a manner. I, um, you can't push a cloud. <laughs> you can't push air. They have to come into it because they desire it. And consider the possibility that some type 1 children are a little bit of late bloomers. Their energy is light. It's more random. I've seen, I've had many parents say to me of their adult children, when they hit their stride, they're closer to about age 30, you know, in their late 20s to 30s, but they were given that opportunity to, you know, it's kind of like handing them the, their life and saying, I'm here for you, but you need to start figuring it out. And we've done that with our type one son. We're here for you, but you need to figure out what that looks like and let us know how to support you. Rather than us deciding this is what support looks like. And if you were being responsive to our support, your results would be different. See, that's where you're coming from right now. Here's what, here's the support that I think is correct for you. If you were responsive to it, your life would be in a different place. You've decided you know what's best. The up, the uh, other option is here's your life. You're 26. Um, let me know how to support you. I don't know. What does that look like? Because she's feeling manipulated for the reason of where you're coming from in that first scenario. The second scenario is your life. You're 26. I'm here to support you. What does that look like? That doesn't look like paying your cell phone and car insurance anymore because, you know, I just I don't want to supplement you. I want you to know, you know, you got to take full ownership. At what point, you know, do you incrementally work towards that and say, I'm going to first, you know, give you back your cell phone bill. Um, you know, maybe you don't cut it off. You, you do it in phases. So you just say, I want to work with you to say, this is yours. You've got to, you know, create a life where you can financially support the things you choose to do and have. Our oldest son, who is the CEO of our, our company, um, he did not go to college. He started out two years into it, realized it wasn't supportive to his entrepreneurial goals. And we supported him in choosing to depart from that path. So I, I'm a, I've had children, three of my five children have, have college degrees. Yeah, I think Bill Gates... Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs have shown us uh, that you don't have to have a college degree, but you do need to have ambition and a desire to learn and a desire to grow your talents. And so you're trying to get her to have more ambition. It's all you can say is good luck. I was not successful with that because though that ambition has to come from their own desire to want something different in their life. And sometimes they have to experience 
some difficulties, some hardships. Uh, pain's a great motivator. If we keep showing up as parents to intercept that, you know, my husband and I realized we were enabling our son. We were keeping him from his own growth. And, you know, when we set the boundaries, we were seen as the bad guys. He didn't like that. It was like, you know, you're abandoning me. It triggered a lot of his abandonment stuff. He's an adopted son. And so he did have a lot. He still has some of that um, that he'll have to at some point face. And, you know, it's uncomfortable for a parent. But when you do it from a place of love and you keep the energy open, but do it on the terms that are healthy to support a child developing into their own best self. You know, actually, Dr. Phil, some of his, a lot of his shows are really extreme cases, but he's really good at, uh, he's a type three and he's very practical and he helps when he does stories on parents that are enabling adult children. He's really good at helping parents see it. Um, we were actually watching one of his shows one day where adult parents of a 30-something adult son who was still living with them, they were, a con- they were supplementing his income, and they were wondering why he's not moving forward with his life. And Dr. Phil just looked at him and said, why would he want to? He's got a really good situation here. <laughs> you're making it, you know, you think you're you're helping him out with the supplementation of his financial situation, but you're basically saying, you know, the subconscious message is, well, I don't, you know, and I think the son in the case, he was either a type one or a type two. So they're, they don't have the drive of a type three. See, they go at it very different, but they still have the ability to be ambitious. Every human being does. But it was like interesting. My husband and I were watching this and we look at each other and go, that's us. We're doing this. And we're wondering why this child isn't um, wanting more for themselves. It's like, why would they? We're supp- our supplementation is making it very comfortable. <laughs> so um, just, you know, some, hard, some challenging decisions there. Challenging. So I invite you to really look at that and prayerfully ask what's the correct thing to do for the bigger picture experience of your child. And it might take a couple few years for her to figure out what she wants. You know, I love Marcy Brown's story. She's a type one beauty expert in my dressing your truth program. She's had like three or four major careers in her, she's in her sixties and she's just, you know, that can be common for a type one person that they pursue a variety of things over their life for them to decide, okay, this is what I'm going to do for my profession for the rest of my life is maybe a unreasonable. Um, but what are they going to do next? What are they going to do next that really brings them joy? Marcy's been a parole officer. She's worked in uh, the judiciary. She's worked in, um, you know, police with police officers, and she's now a, got her master's in documentary film. She's a producer of wonderful films and documentaries that she's produced over the years. She's the production, key production lead behind all of our online courses. She does a great job, and it's just fascinating to hear her career path because she was in her 40s when she decided to go back and get her master's in um, filmmaking. And to her, it wasn't about her age. It was just about what do I want to do? What am I inspired to do? 
And she's really lived true to herself when it comes to her career path, which is fun to be an observer of and recognize her type one energy and those choices. A couple other questions that are different topics. This comes in from a type two mom and she says, I have a type three eight-year-old son who doesn't like to stop any of his activities to transition to something else. We understand his nature and try to give him a lot of time to finish up in order to not frustrate him. I understand that when we argue with our son and insist that he stop what he is doing right now, we are not honoring his nature. We often compromise with him and let him continue his task as long as possible, but there are times when we have to go to karate class or piano lesson and we don't want to be late. These are things he enjoys and he doesn't want to be late either. How do we handle these situations where we must get him to stop what he is doing even when he is not ready? How can we honor his nature and also honor our family's other obligations and responsibilities? I you need to do it at the front end of this before he starts whatever he's going to doing. You've got to do it with, um, you've got to discuss it before he starts the project or whatever he's involved in and say, okay, before you start that, we need to talk about your timeline here. Uh, so at this point, you're going to need to stop. Are you agreeable to that? You know, you just, you need, you need, maybe you don't even ask him if he's agreeable. You just say, okay, I can support you in starting that activity, but, and you will need to stop at this time. Okay. Um, are you willing to agree to that? If he's not, then say, then I can't support you in starting that activity because, you know, it, that's just the way it is. And, you know, type three kids, type two moms kind of beat around the bush. You think you're being really clear with your children, but you're not. And it's like, just say it how it is, be direct, kind of get in their face a little bit and say, okay, before you start that project, you need to know that we're leaving for karate class at this time. You need to be, you need to stop what you're doing at this time. Will you agree to that? Direct, to the point. Don't, don't ask him if he, or you're asking him if he will, or maybe you just tell him, and you need to stop at that time, okay? I need to hear you say, okay. Okay. Okay, now you're going to, you know, then I'm going to. I'm going to follow up with you. You need to stop right now. That's it. You're done. Let's go. See, I think in your type two energy, you're more, you don't want to hurt his feelings. But just to the point, direct. This is how it is. Let's go. Okay, let's go. Stop what you're doing right now. Let's go. Okay. Okay. You, do you need me to help you wrap that up? Here we go. Um, type 1 baby sleep issues. This is from a type 1 mom. Um, she says, I recently had my first child. She is now three months old, and I believe she is a type 1. Can you give me some tips for helping her fall asleep? It seems that I feed her, rock her, and just as I am laying her into her crib, she wakes up. Seems to think it's party time, and I have to start the whole process over again. Is there a better way to do this? Oh, this brings back such fond memories for me. My oldest child, uh, Jennifer, who's 32 now, is a type 1, and this, is, this was our life, her first six to eight months of life. We were, it was 1980, she was born, no, 1981, she was born in 81, in October of 81. We would, this was pre-automatic, you know, wind the, um, this is when we had a swing, we had to tie a rope on it to keep it going. She would... This was our, I can see it now, now that I'm looking back. We would put her in that swing. We lived in this little basement apartment. And some of you that have been in Utah a while know that MASH used to have um, MASH 
reruns were right after the 10 o'clock news and they came on at like 10.35. My daughter, I wonder if she still has that, if she were to hear the MASH um, intro music, and she'd like, oh, I recognize that. Why do I know that music? Because every night we would put her in that swing and we would rock her to sleep. Well, first mistake, we had the TV going. We had other things to stimulate her. We'd pick her up from that little swing, take her in the cross, and she'd wake up bright-eyed like, hello, I don't want to miss anything. So you've got to quiet the house down. If you've got TV on, a lot of other things going on, you've got to create this sense of there's nothing happening and there's nothing you're missing. Because if they're picking up on something's going on without me, they are drawn to it. Their attention goes to it. Even now, I mean, it's so funny. She was never that child that burrowed into me and put her head on my shoulder. She always, she had a strong neck from the very origin of her life. She'd hold her head up, these bright eyes, and look around like, hello, what am I missing? What's going on? I want to be a part of it. Even now, she gets this look on her face. She's 32. And there's sort of a, like, oh, what are people doing? What are staying, you know, I want to be a part of the conversation. She even still has these variety of getting to sleep patterns. She'll stay, I'll get an email from her at like two in the morning and she's like, well, I kind of just got going again. I'm up. She doesn't do that every night. She's got three little kids. She has four, three boys. She just announced that she's expecting her fourth son. She's a mama boys. And I said, uh, well, at least there's different types. She has a four, type four, type three, type two. So it'll be interesting to see if she has a type one son. But um, she still has this tendency to not go to bed. So my, my, you just, you might have to do two or three attempts to get her down. It's okay. So your routine may not look like first time's a success. Maybe it takes two times, but you basically have to quiet down the household. So there's nothing to engage her. Our mistake was we had the TV on. She knew we were interactive, you know, outside the bedroom. It was very small, so she couldn't help but hear things. And so there was something going on that got her attention. So is there anything going on in your household that's getting her attention, that's making it hard for her to go to sleep? So, um, well, we've come to the top of our show. It's, I appreciate everybody's questions. Thank you for listening. Draw some attention to the blogs real quick. Last week's blog post, Stop Pushing My Buttons, Why Does Your Child Bug You, is featured on the Child Whisper blog, thechildwhisperer.com. Stop pushing my buttons. Why does your child bug you? Check out that video post. And on the Carol blog, why did my husband leave me? I'm not talking, my husband has not left me. That was just some of the hidden dynamics behind infidelity. Go to thecarolblog.com. And remember to like us on um, thechildwhisper.com and also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash thechildwhisperer. Thanks for joining me today on the Child Whisper podcast. Until next time, create a wonderful week with your amazing family. As a teacher, healer, speaker, 
best-selling author of The Child Whisperer and mother of five children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.